The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. On the line now we have Sarah Ruspark, who is a grey area drinking expert. It's Women's Health Week and some statistics have come out from the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare indicating that women are drinking twice as much as men in lockdown. It seems that uh, for women and men the amount of alcohol consumption has increased but by women uh, or for women the rate of uh, alcohol consumption has increased by more. Uh, Sarah, good morning. Thanks for being on the program. Thanks for having me on. Well, first of all, how do they work out how much people are drinking in lockdown? Because no one's asked me how much I drink in lockdown. And (laughs) I don't know, is there a risk that uh, people are being asked in a survey and they're not being entirely honest? I think there have been some surveys that have been done. They've looked at, um, obviously, the the sales within the alcohol industry. um, And there have been some surveys. And what's come out of that has been that um, most people have admitted in the last lockdown, so these are the statistics from last year, um, that they drank more and um, the increase of alcohol was twice as much for women as it was for men. Why are people drinking more in lockdown? Because I think a lot of people associate alcohol with social situations, which we haven't had in lockdown. And that's the really interesting part about this. So I'm a grey area drinking coach. And what that means is if you think about grey area drinking, it's if you've got a scale of one to 10 and you've got a number one, and that's someone who barely thinks about drinking, doesn't, you know, alcohol just doesn't really feature in their life at all. And then 10 would be an end stage user of alcohol. So someone who would need to have medical assistance to stop drinking is probably drinking um, every single day. What's in the middle? And that's grey area drinking. And that's a lot of people, let me tell you that. Um, but most of them do not identify as being an alcoholic. They don't identify as having that label, but they do identify as having um, a dysfunctional relationship with alcohol or they do use alcohol to numb emotions or to um, distract from you know any situation that they might be in. And what's really interesting is that the more and more people that I'm working with and coaching, most of them are saying, actually, my drinking is not problematic when I go out my, my drinking is problematic when I'm at home on my own and then and for that kind of person that is a, a solo drinker at home who drinks because they're bored who drinks because they've had a stressful day with the, you know homeschooling and the kids and everything else that whole situation is exacerbated by the fact that they are not going out at all so that one thing that they do maybe they used to do it two or three times a week now it's kind of happening every day and it's happening earlier and earlier Why are women more susceptible to this than men, do you think? I think there's a number of reasons. I think, um, I do think that, and and, and obviously this is, I don't want to stereotype, but I think from the, the, the conversations that I've had in most households, the women are doing the lion's share of the homeschooling and managing all of that side of things. And for those women that are also working, um, and they are, the women are, are creatures that love to come together and, and have our social situations and our downloads and our social catch-ups. And that's kind of therapy for us in so many ways and not being able to do that um, on top of having the additional stress of, you know, worrying about kids, worrying about teenage kids who can't see their friends anymore, worried about their mental health. There are so many things that, that women are, are worrying about and they take on other people's issues and they've got no outlet for that now. They can't go and download with their friends and have an evening of just catching up and chatting and, and, and all the rest of it. And yes, we can do Zoom, but I think everyone's a bit over Zoom, aren't they? And so yes. that can be quite frustrating. Um, and so I think that that, that um, coping mechanism for, for women of being able to see and, and hug and, and catch up with each other and all of that has been taken away. 
If you're at home on your own, is there a safe level of alcohol consumption? If you're just having a glass of wine with dinner each night, for example, is that a problem or uh, is all alcohol harmful? Uh, look, it depends who you ask. I mean, obviously, the government guidelines, I think, now are around um, uh, one drink a day or something like that. But the problem with alcohol is it's an addictive substance. So once you have one, the neural pathways in the brain fire up. And I stopped myself drinking two and a half years ago because I just was at that point where every time I had would intend to have one. And then, like, you know, you, you get that feeling and then you're like, oh, it's OK. I'll just have another. And then oh, I'll just have another. And that intention of just having one always ended up leading to another and another. And so it, dep- it depends on what kind of drinker you are. But if you are that person and you know that you're going to struggle to just have one, for me, it was easier to say I'm having none than it was to say I'm just going to have one. It seems to me that's a bit of a vicious cycle because alcohol through its impacts then leads to issues around, uh, you say here, sleep, energy, mental health and the mood of women. And then that means that your stress is exacerbated and then you probably are more inclined to have a drink to ease that stress. So a bit of a vicious totally. circle. That's where I was. I was in, I was trapped in just such a vicious circle of thinking that I needed wine to de-stress, having the wine. Then that was, because that's how we're, we're sold to that, aren't we? We're all told, oh yeah, a glass of wine, you deserve it. The end of the day, end of a hard day, have a glass of wine. And, and it's been conditioned in us. I believed it. And, and that's what I'd done for years. But then what happened was every time I drank, I was finding it was affecting my sleep. I was waking up at three in the morning, couldn't get back to sleep. Then because I know now that the physiological response to that is your liver's firing up, trying to process the alcohol and it usually happens about five hours after your last drink so quite often for me I would stop drinking at you know nine or ten so it was classic case 3am wide awake liver's trying to process all the alcohol couldn't get back to sleep then that leads to feeling rubbish you know the mental health side of things you you're disappointed in yourself why did I drink so much last night I shouldn't have done that oh my goodness I've got a whole day of work today I can't get back to sleep um, and then you're feeling terrible. Then you eat rubbish food because you're tired. You're a bit hungover. That doesn't help your mood at all. You promise you're not going to drink again. It gets to five o'clock and, and you've had a rubbish day and you're like, why not? I'll just have a glass of wine to take the edge off. And then the cycle just repeats. And I was stuck in that for such a long time. What's your advice to people listening to this? Because here in regional Victoria, there's maybe some hope that we might get out of lockdown maybe this week, but I really don't want to jinx it too much. But in metropolitan Melbourne, it would appear that they're in it for the long haul until there's the 80% doubly vaxxed target hit. So that could be until November. So uh, if you've got another six to eight weeks of lockdown ahead of you, how do you control that drinking issue? Look, I think that there are, um, every person has to look at what their situation is because, um, you know, for some people, there will be a level of addiction that probably would require some kind of, of you know, medical assistance to stop drinking. For others um, who know it's more habitual, I would say if you can try and, and reduce your drinking, maybe only to drinking at the weekends, trying to, to find something else at the end of the day. Um, I always say to, to the women I work with, um, you know, keep the ritual, change the ingredient. So even if it is pouring an ice glass of kombucha into a wine glass, even if it is having an alcohol-free wine or an alcohol-free beer at the end of the day, planning something for early the next morning so you know that you're going to get up and you're meeting, a, you know, going for a run or, or getting your daily exercise in at 6am or whatever so you know that that you've got to get up early um, and, and just really get clear on, um, on on why you're drinking and and is there something else you can do to get that feeling? Because for most of us, it's it's a switch off. It's, uh, oh, I just want to, because it does that. Alcohol is brilliant at doing that. It helps us to kind of detach from ourselves and just be able to, to forget all the stresses of the day. But the problem is that, that, as I've said before, it's an addictive substance and then that can lead us to having wanting more. So is there anything else that we can do at the end of the day to, to 
to soothe the nervous system, to calm us down that isn't alcohol? Is it reading? Is it doing some online yoga? Is it doing an online meditation? Is it chatting to a friend? Like, what are the other things in your toolkit outside of alcohol that you might be able to lean into and, and use and, and just maybe saving the alcohol for um, for the weekends? And, and also, like, lots of the ladies I'm working with at the moment, I have a, an online community, which is great. And I think it's very important to, to have the support of other people while you're doing this. And lots of them are in lockdown. And, and they're saying, actually, I'm enjoying doing um, the alcohol-free um, challenge at the moment because I'm not socializing. So I'm not coming under peer pressure because alcohol, you know, there is a lot of peer pressure that comes when we stop drinking. A lot of people will be like, oh, go on, just have one. You're so boring. All of that stuff that we can sometimes get, whereas no one knows. So it's actually the perfect time to just give your body a break, give your body a rest and give yourself a chance to, to, to see how you feel without that alcohol in your system. Well, thanks so much for being on the program and I appreciate you sharing that expertise. Hopefully people can seek some help from that information because uh, if they are in lockdown for the long haul, it's probably something to address. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're going to share the details of my website. If anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm more than happy to speak to them. I have a free online community for women to share and connect. And I think we've got four and a half thousand women all over the world. Um, some, some from the UK have done the whole of 18 months in lockdown and they're out mm. the other side. We've got lots of people in, in Victoria and New South Wales at the moment in lockdown. Um, and everyone is incredibly supportive of each other. And, and that's a, a very key part to this. Yeah, I'll put it up on uh, mitchellsfrontpage.com, the website and the community if anyone wants to join that. But I appreciate you being on the program. Uh, Sarah Rushbach, uh, Rushbach there, who is a grey area drinking expert. And as she said, the grey area is uh, the people sort of stuck in the middle between that zero and the ten. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.